Welcome to Off Trail with Erie Metro Parks, and today's episode is all about our favorite parks. Woohoo! So I'm super excited about this one because this is a listener request, is oh. what this one is. So yeah. somebody messaged us on Instagram and said, hey, can you guys um, make one that tells us your favorite park, why as naturalists, and um, kind of things to bring to that park, kind of times of the year to visit that park, um, best parts of that park that you think. So we're going to share that with you guys. Um, I was a little bit of an overachiever because I host as well, but, um, I also, I did three cause I can't pick just one. Um, I have a real hard time making decisions. Um, so I usually just rely on my wife to make choices. So, but I couldn't on this one. So this is on me. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So does anyone want to go first or do you want me to go with one of mine first? So then you guys can, you should go first since you have <laughs> okay. a lot. Exactly. All right, so info. we'll start with my number three. So um, you even have them listed. Oh, listed. Oh, yeah, th- three, two, one. Um, <laughs> if, realistically, we have thirteen parks that are accessible to people, uh, ranging from our smallest, which is Wakefield Metro Park, which is one point six acres, all the way up to uh, Edison Woods Metro Park, which is around thirteen hundred acres, give or take. Um, so th- that's that's a lot of acreage um, for thirteen hundred, but we have one as small as a small little piece of land. Um, it's a beachfront property. So that makes that Wakefield Metro park a really nice one, but, uh, they're, they're varying in size in between all throughout there. So some are 20 acres, some are 150, 170. So, um, they're all a different variety. I don't know what you two picked. So we might have, um, some overlap, but I'm pretty sure I know what you guys are going to pick. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if I'm right. I'll <laughs> yeah. see if I'm right. I think I'm right. We'll see. I think I've worked with you guys long enough to know. Because um, <laughs> I've asked before in the office, too, but never thought that it would be an episode. And sometimes it changes. It does. Like, all of our parks are fantastic. And depending on what you're looking for, depends on where you go. So, so he, sometimes it's really hard to pick, like, which one is your favorite. It because is. summer favorite is different than winter favorite. Exactly. Sometimes. I think you guys are going to be shocked with my overall favorite because I thought about it too much, I think, because I picked my overall favorite, not based on season. Because if I picked it based on season, it would just be all where the birds all are. All over the place, yeah. Wherever the birds are. <laughs> so sure. All of the parks. Um, <laughs> but for me, I picked uh, Wyandotte, a.k.a. the dot. Um, <laughs> I'm it. taking credit Mike for Mike is that. determined to get this name changed, which it won't happen. <laughs> to but the dot. If you guys could call Y and dot the dot, I like the dot. Mike's makes, makes very me happy. happy. If you if you <laughs> reference it to me, um, we'll become best friends then. Um, but yeah. one reason that I picked that park um, obviously is birds. Um, but I I really like reclaim, reclaim, <laughs> reclaimed land. Um, so half of that park, um, Y and dot Metro Park, and the Barnes Extension, which is right next to it, is um, an old tree hatch or tree hatchery i I was combat because we talk about fish hatcheries with melissa all the time (laughs) um tree farm so they they grew trees in the back of there and then donated that to the park and now um it's kind of growing up and regrowing back into wild land and it's really cool to watch it develop um especially over just over the two years that i've been here it's changed a lot it's Um, pretty cool because when i started was when we really first opened that side 
So it, yeah, it's changed a ton. And I'd mentioned about birds. Um, My first two, when I talk about them, they're not as in-depth as the other one, my my number one. But um, there's a lot of good bird habitat there, um, a lot of good birds. And there's um, a variety of, like, uh, wetland prairie habitat. And then kind of towards the back of that, there's a little wooded area that that really kind of allows some other birds to creep in there, too. So, And it's really close to um, Sheldon's Marsh. So you get a lot of those birds coming in and out of that same area um, back there. So it's really nice in there. And the water fluctuation is really cool to watch, too, because sometimes you have that little peninsula. You can walk out um, out towards the observation deck, and then you could go out there one probably right now, and it's completely underwater. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting um, to see there. Um, there are some areas of that park that if you get out there, it's going to get wet really quick, um, especially if you're in spring or in fall or we have a wet winter like this winter for example um the some of those trails that have there's a a ditch that kind of runs through that separates um the wine dot from the barns extension and that right around that ditch is where it gets pretty wet so if you're wearing muck boots or shoes that you don't want to get wet you might want to take that um some things to really take out there definitely uh, a pair of binoculars and um a camera if you're a photographer for example but there are a variety of different things you can do there it's it's not really tough walking in terms of there aren't any hills or things like that mm-hmm. the muck's the only thing you really have to worry about um and a lot of people utilize that park um to walk their dogs and things like that it's got the swift tower which yeah. didn't get a lot of activity the last two years but we're hoping that it'll start to to get some activity um takes a little while for them to remember and establish that tower which um our local uh firelands audubon uh put that up uh donated that to the park and that was really nice and then like i said um if you're a lover of bird that's a great place to go um and check out so um so that's when my you go out there do you walk wind out or do you go straight out to barns uh it depends if i'm if i want to go get out to the water and look i'll, I'll go straight out to barns mm-hmm. um and I'll just kind of like take the side and then shoot back. But um, yeah. in the spring, I'm definitely looking for snakes and birds. So I'll hit wine dot too. So that was probably one of my favorite programs that we've ever done. Is Mike <laughs> and I? What what was it? Even? Was it a woodcock? It was walk? a woodcock uh. walk. And we had Harris hawks. Oh yeah. Now I can't mm-hmm. remember. Harrier. <laughs> Northern Harriers. Um, Northern Harrier hawks. So that was really cool. Like it's literally as soon as we pull in, we see these hawks. And then we had coyotes and tons of woodcocks. And you found a snake. And one of the people that were with us was like, how do you hear that? Because Mike was like, oh, I just heard it. Because you, you can because hear them. everybody hears snakes. When the grass <laughs> is dry, like it was, you can hear them slithering through. And they make a completely different sound than than um like a mouse or some type of mammal moving through because they're like scurriers, but like you could hear this, like the sliding back and forth. Yeah. See, Cheryl knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. But after it happened the second and third time, I said, I can hear another one. It was almost dark and I picked up the snake and she's like, what? (laughs) Explicit word. What? (laughs) It was fantastic. I mean, because even that night we came right up to like white tailed deer that were bedded down. Yeah. I mean, it was just That's like amazing. every you spotted natural the coyote, dream. Yeah. 
Yeah, we just yeah, hit everything. Coyote. Yeah, because you're like, it was real quick because we it was we had taken from Wyandotte and we were going right over to the Barnes extension where the tree line is. And Melissa goes, coyote, like as quick as she could. And I, I got my eyes up just quick enough to where I could see it. But yeah, so. <laughs> it came like sauntering out, checked us out and sauntered away. That was a great spring little gem there. And I think, I'm not sure, but Cheryl, I think, had did the other woodcock walk with me. We did that one here at Osborne. Yeah. But, but yeah, we did that yeah. one and we had some good stuff. Cheryl heard the lowest call of a great horned owl that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like somebody had a cell phone like a mile away and you could just barely hear it. It's like, a oh, oh. I'm like, it was so subtle. She's like, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So that's my first one. We'll get to my next two here in a minute. Um, who wants to go next? I don't care. Melissa. We're going to let Melissa go since you, you spoke first. <laughs> okay, so I'm assuming you guys know what my favorite park is, but it's the Castellia Quarry Metro Park. That's what I of thought. Of course. I'm one for one. <laughs> <laughs> it is my favorite. And I don't know if it has to do with because I literally used to live next to it. So I could walk from my house up into the quarry and then I would go for a run or just hang out, take my dogs for a walk. It was always like fun to just go play basically and I still go there all the time if you ask me which park I'm going to it's probably the quarry (laughs) (laughs) um I love the rim trail just because it's so pretty it's one of those like when I'm hiking you know you're always kind of looking for that like amazing moment and I feel like every time you come to a clearing at the quarry it's always like oh this place is so cool Uh no matter how many times you've walked it Um, And I think that's why a lot of people walk there. It's probably one of our most visited parks besides Osborne. Mm -hmm. The parking lot is always full. Even on days that it's like negative 20, there's still people. And this year, it was wild when everything went into the shutdown and parks are the only thing that was open. The parking lot got so full over there that like people were parking on, was that 101? Along the road. Yeah. 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 Like along the road. Like I was blown away. I like pull in as a park naturalist and I can't even find a spot. I'm like, I'm going to go somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I'm so glad that people were using it, but also I was like, man, this is my happy place. (laughs) (laughs) You and 50 other people. Right. I know. Right. (laughs) But it's so big that it's what, like 140 acres or something like that. It's, it's a decent size park. It's easy Um, to spread out. 152. Yeah. So you're close. So close. Um, And most people don't know this, but my favorite trail there is actually on the parking lot side. Pretty much everybody stops, goes to the parking lot and goes straight up into the quarry to walk the rim trail or walk down on the quarry floor. But if you go on the Levy Loop trail on the parking lot side, it is amazing. It's one of those trails that every time you walk it, it looks different. Um, It's the best trail to look at if you want to see a change of seasons because it will go from crazy fall, beautiful colors, leaves everywhere to winter, even though like there's lots of shrubs, but you see tons of birds over there. Springtime, the vernal pools are fantastic and you always hear tons of frogs and toads. And that's actually where we caught salamanders this past year. Yeah, was that the unisex one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, summertime, it's just like super, super green and it's a pretty easy trail. It's a little over a mile. Um, there's no hills like on the, the rim trail side of the quarry. Um, but like I said, it, it's kind of, kind of different compared to a lot of the trails that we, 
we have at most of the other parks. So if you haven't checked it out, check out that side. There's also the mindfulness trail over there now. Um, so that's just like a short quarter mile loop that has some rocks that have prompts on them for you to like think and stop and listen and really take your time to walk the trail and there's benches to sit on. Um, when you go there, if you are going on the rim trail, it's a little over two miles, especially if you do like the, the extension or you walk anywhere on the floor along with the rim trail. So I always tell people to take water and a backpack, maybe with a snack or something like that. Um, like when we do our quarry, what are they called? Field trips. We're out there for two and a half, maybe three yeah. hours. And that, I mean, that's a long time to be out without, you know, food, water, without hiking, yeah. all of that stuff, especially in the summertime. Yeah. So just bring things that you would normally bring if you were backpacking. I mean, you could easily make a half day or a full day out at the quarry just with all the things to see. I always get nervous. Sure. I used to get nervous when schools would want just an hour and be like, okay, that's going to be real tight. Like, cause there's a lot about that park to get in there. So, oh yeah. Yeah. The history of it is so cool. It's one of my favorite parks to do field trips with because, you know, it's things that you never would have thought about. The people that first started working there, they used 40 pound sledgehammers to take the rock out. Like, right. Uh, Who? Why? Yeah. We have this adorable <laughs> little steam engine that carried out the rock. And to try <laughs> to envision that, like where it went, and that that's right. all cool. And then the stone crusher still being there mm -hmm. still makes yeah. it like really kind of nostalgic and cool. So, yes. So if you haven't been to the quarry, there's multiple things to do out there. Funny yes. story about that levee loop that Melissa's talking about. That's where we almost got, where Mike almost got chest bumped by screech owls so we were doing oh, yeah. an owl calling out there and we managed to get some screech owls coming in and <laughs> i'm in the front of the line there's i think there's three or four of us in the front of the line melissa's in the back of the line and the tallest guy is is he behind me or in front of you i couldn't remember that part but I he do was at least six feet tall <laughs> i mean like so and i'm a measly five nine and a half on my best day um and I make I do the calls a couple times and screech owls are, are very territorial so they'll swoop down on you to see what's going on and um, if you've watched any of my nature plugged in videos you will see how that happens it's so good um, but the same thing <laughs> happened but I caught it at the last second and this bird just kind of scoops up right over my head and this guy just grabs behind me and pulls me down <laughs> and like drops to the ground and melissa we i get up and he's melissa's just standing there because you're what five four five 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 four and <laughs> she's just standing there like well i knew i was safe so yeah <laughs> i'm not the tallest one here so and yeah. then i was determined to catch it and that didn't happen yeah i think we had two or three calling back and forth to us but yeah so Every time I've done screech owls with Melissa, I've gotten we've gotten pretty lucky. Oh, lucky. Like the one time at Osborne when we're standing there with the kids and Melissa's like, it's right in front of you, Mike. I'm like, I don't see you. <laughs> <laughs> we had, what was that program called? Kids Night Out, yeah. where we will have um, parents drop their kids off. We usually do it in December. And they can go Christmas shopping or out to dinner or whatever, just like babysitting, basically. And we'll do like crafts and games and feed them dinner. And we took them out to do a little owling because it wasn't too terribly cold. And he's calling and calling. And then I see this thing swoop in and I'm like, it's right there. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, 
it is literally in front of your face. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like eye level for a toddler, like which yeah. never happens. So, it was and cool. our kids were what, like two at the time, yeah. and they had come because we had extra spots, and they saw it. It it was definitely a very cool experience, especially when you can get kids to see it. And calling in owls, you don't always get to actually see them. Yeah, no. most of the time, especially hearing. Yeah, there. <laughs> right. That was what prompted me in the future to to start searching for owls here at the park during bird counts and things like that. Because I knew that now that I knew they were here, now there's I think I've gotten like six in the park here. Nice uh, of screech owls. So it's pretty impressive. So cool. Okay, Mike, what's your number two? Oh, my number two. No surprise on this one. Eagle Point. Oh, <laughs> that's number two? That's my number two. Um, I oh. spend a lot of time there. I've gotten to know um, and kind of grow with that land, so it's been really cool. Um, obviously, there's a lot of birds there. Yeah. It's attached <laughs> to the, the um, Stockdale Arboretum, which is cool, or the Enchanted Cottages. Um, I get to see, like, because it's close to work, um, we get to see it change. And the weird part is, is I've never seen it. Like you guys have seen that park. It's yeah. always that back part has always been underwater since I've been here. Yeah. So I've never seen it how some of you guys have seen it. So I've only seen it one way where everything's grown up over the coop and can't really get to the back part of it. But, uh, I really, I spend a ton of time there. Um, and I always over there searching for owls and stuff like that. So, um, and, salamanders and things like that it's really cool to watch and kind of see it mature and I, I i got a like a secret i like those the trains i really do i think they're cool i think that's a yeah. cool hobby for those guys like yeah and then like i talk to them sometimes and realize how much they spend on those trains yeah like 10 grand and how much time they spend oh, right. time. yeah they they like they restoned it um this year because obviously we had a lot of water Mm -hmm. um, and it was been pretty wet. They restoned it this year, and up until Christmas, they were stoning, restoning wow. the tracks. Wow! So, and then so I, what he's talking about is they're the Erie Metro live steamers, and they're like miniature trains that there's a small track that runs through that park, and they'll hold public events when they're able to, and it is so fun, and it's so fun for all ages. Like it can be for babies all the way up to you know people using a walker as long as you can get on that train you can go yeah it, yeah they can, anybody can get on there they have like a limit of how because some of them can pull more than others but yeah they're they're yeah. impressive and some we've all ridden them and yes it's super fun <laughs> <laughs> and they Cheryl, uh, do you remember that one nature camp where the kids were like done with the trains and we're like like you are keep going right <laughs> Exactly. You're like, let's go. <laughs> well, and surprisingly, another reason I enjoy those trains is there's that train track that runs right up along the bay towards the back that people can't really walk on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always get, um, oh my gosh, I just drew a blank there. Uh, Eastern whippoorwills back there in the spring mm -hmm. underneath cool. that bridge or along there. I've jumped them every year I've been here. So it's been really Interesting. cool. So. So, That's yeah. also the best time to find snakes out there. Yeah. Because it stirs everybody up and you can go find them. And if you, <laughs> and like I said, if you like birds, um, you get out there early in the morning or late in the evening when sometimes you'll get like, I've, I've been out in the evening sometimes and, you know, five, 600 Canada geese fly over and land in the bay. They like to hang out in that, that area right there um, along the bay to just kind of relax and 
rest for the evening and in the in the morning you can catch a lot of birds in there too if you're willing to get out um before the sun comes up like mic time (laughs) uh and the coyote population is pretty high over there um it's been pretty impressive to see i've gotten a lot on trail cam and that massive 12 point buck that's hanging on over there is pretty (laughs) impressive too so beautiful it always surprises me when you find like things like that on trail cam, especially that buck, because there's not a whole lot of places for them to hide and bed down out there. Uh-huh. I think, you know, that field that goes right on the coop, that's where they bed down at night. Probably. Yeah. I would almost guarantee it. That's because a good when, little patch. Be, well, because when that, that trail gets wet, like the perimeter trail around that little lot gets wet, um, not a lot of people walk back there, so they don't feel intimidated. Yeah. And they don't have anybody hunting them. So yeah. he, he, and that, that trail cam, when that light comes on, you can see it like in the evening, if you walk by it. So mm-hmm. he looked right at it. He's like, oh, hey. And just kept going about <laughs> his business. So, yeah. So That's so cool. Um, all right. So Cheryl, let's, let's hear your. Me? Okay. So my favorite is Edison Woods. Oh, I didn't think you were going to say that. I was shocked too. Yeah, were you guys going to say Hoffman? Oh, that's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. That's like my number two. I love Hoffman too. <laughs> uh, but Edison Woods. Yeah, surprise. All right. So <laughs> cool. is there a section you, of Edison? Because there are multiple entrances to Edison Woods. Yes. Is there a, a specific entrance you prefer? I love the Smoky Road entrances. Uh, love yeah. them. Uh, there's a few trails off of that road so the first entrance uh you can park at it's what we call the smoky road house it's like that big blue house um that's where a lot of the um people with horses they pull in with their trailers that's where they unload their horses and everything like that and that's where they go trail riding um so if you have a horse edison woods allows you to do so um then the other entrance is a little further down the road, a smoky, and it's the Big Meadow Trail. That's where I mostly park and go walking is the Big Meadow really? Trail. Yeah. I, like, just discovered, like, I've been on that trail before, but this year I was like, this is so cool. Why don't I do this more often? Yeah. I, and so then a little bit further down the road is uh, the Southridge Trail. It has a very small parking lot. It's teeny, only like a few cars can park there, but uh, normally you can um, park there. So reason why I love Edison Woods, it's, well, number one, it's our biggest park. It's like 12, 12, 1300 acres. It's huge. Um, But you guys know I love trees. Yeah. Yeah. love trees so edison woods has great diversity of trees so on the 61 entrance there's a lot of oaks and hickories on that mm-hmm. side so you get a lot of uh, diversity there of wildlife and then the uh, mason road entrance you we get like the meadows and prairies so you get that diversity of animals there too and then smoky road get a lot of like maples and beaches and hickories and all that stuff um so i just love the habitat variety so like forests and meadows and we have vernal pools so then we get like 
good, healthy amphibian populations like salamanders and frogs and stuff like that. But since this park is huge, <laughs> I recommend <laughs> using the buddy system. <laughs> <laughs> Which for sure can definitely I think be. All of us have gotten lost out there. Yeah. I mean, I have, but I'm pretty good with my navigational skills and knowing where I am. So I can just like, I just walk until I find the road and then I'll make oh, it back eventually. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, what Cheryl means with the buddy system is um, out at that park, because there's so much diversity and there's so many different habitats from uh, the woodlands to the prairies, we have what we burn out there, some of those prairies and there's what called, what are called fire lanes, which look like trails to people. Yeah. So if you get off trail and then you're on one of these fire lanes, you can easily, you know, mistake that for a trail. Mm -hmm. So it can be easy to, you know, hop off. If you're going to go in there um, for, you know, at four o'clock in the wintertime for an hour long walk, make sure you know where you're at. Yes. Grab a trail map, use the trail map because you don't want to be in there late at night, you know, and get yeah. lost and can't find your way back. And you can uh, access all of our trail maps online at the eriemetroparks.org on our parks page, all listed on there. So you can just pull it up on your phone or print it out. But I just highly recommend having that um, trail map accessible yeah. to you because... And if, you, if you're if you afraid that your phone won't have service out there, you um, and they're only at our main entrances. Those, those small uh, entrances like uh, the Big Meadows Trail, that doesn't have a box to grab uh, those trail maps from. So if you go to the 61 entrance, the Mason Road entrance, mm -hmm. or the Smoky Road entrance you'll be able to get yourself uh, a trail map there. Yeah. And um, and we do have trail um, markers. signs that have you are here on them. Um, sometimes they get a little confusing. Just make sure you kind of like understand how trail maps work. Yeah. Um, some of the trails do have what are called blazes on them. So they're symbols. So that, that'll show you that you're still on the correct trail. And those are on the trail maps too that describe. Yeah, they have a legend on yeah. there to explain how those work. If you're if you've never used them before or slightly confused on how they work, so I use them out there. They're yeah, really yeah. helpful. Yeah, uh, there's like a whole section of that park. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of point at myself here. Um, so when you get to the and I've never been on the Northridge Trail before ever. Northridge. Really? Ever. really? Never. Oh. I've done that whole back prairie, and yeah. then the the power lines I've done, which I will tell you right now, because there's horse um, out there. <laughs> um, last oh, true. was this last summer or the summer before? If you're do not take, um, if you're a, a walker, I would avoid um, what is that West Oak Hickory where the power line runs. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, some of those it gets really wet back there, and some of those horses uh, make a pretty big divot. And two summers ago, we took the kids out mm -hmm. there during mm -hmm. nature camp. And at some points, I was knee deep in muck, so <laughs> it was think. <laughs> it was cool, uh, like a little a fun experience with the kids. But like, if you're out there by yourself and you feel like you're gonna get eaten by the swamp thing, <laughs> it might not be so enjoyable. Oh my so. gosh, that was probably the funniest thing that happened at camp that year. Yeah, because the whole trail, the whole way that we went around was just straight muck, and. I thought the kids were going to be so mad and they're squealing and having the time of their lives walking through this muck, 
getting stuck <laughs> in these horse divots. I mean, Mike's not kidding when he's saying that I was knee deep, like, and that means some of the kids were probably waist deep at yeah. some points. And like, I was the biggest person, and I was walking first. So, <laughs> all and of the I holes. I was the last one in a line of twenty-three people. We're so there. there's nothing for me to stand on. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> we could have cut through the woods and been better off, but that's one. That's one trail. If you're going to take it, um, I'll, I'll mention again, West Oak Hickory. If you're going to take that trail, just remember, um, it's got a lot of horse traffic on it and can get pretty deep. Yeah. So, and we're not trying to make Edison Woods sound it's like it's this terrible place because it is. It is not. And you're probably not going to get lost. It's just happened to all of <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, it has. Oh, no. and it's happened to people, too. We've had people call and, you know, they need help. And we just want you, um, if you go out there, to be prepared. And um, so yeah. you have a good experience and not a bad one. So, yeah. So, um, so we'll, uh, I'm going to back up to my eagle point here. Another reason is, is because I've been doing moths over the last couple of years. And I have gotten a lot of moths over there. And we've gotten one um threatened species of moth over there the pink streak moth and two um endangered moths over there so i forgot to mention that that's so, so cool that was that cool. Is. and it's also a fun place to you know a short walk you don't if you're if you want a long walk eagle point um is not a great place to go because it's pretty short uh, unless you want to hit the loops two or three times but um so my number one i think i'm going to surprise you here is also edison woods Ah. for some of the same reasons that Cheryl had. Yeah. Um, I like the diversity. Um, I don't like trees as much as Cheryl, <laughs> unless we're talking about maple trees specifically. <laughs> um, but I really, really like the diversity out there. Um, it's fun. Um, you know, I lived in West Virginia before here, so I spent a lot of time in the woods, so it kind of makes me feel a little bit better. Um, you know, more more close to home, I guess, would mm -hmm. be the, the thing there. And, uh, I think even though I hate horses, I like we've we've talked about this That's before. Why it even though me. even though I hate horses, I just avoid those trails completely. <laughs> um, and then this year, every year I pick up a new um, area of study. This year was mushrooms, um, and so I managed to find a really good diversity of fungus out there. It's been oh yeah, really really sure. impressive yeah. um, how much is out there, and it's cool to see from one habitat to another, what you find and how much of it you find. So that was really cool. Um, one of the other things that I put in there is it has a history too. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of like the quarry. Mm -hmm. It had a quarry in it, which a lot of people don't know. Um, and then the fact that, that it was going, it could have been a nuclear power plant. Yeah. Like, just think about that for a second. Could you imagine there just being like, wipe out Edison Woods and just put a power plant right there it's like another davis bessie right yeah, there just boom yeah. like that blew my mind and yeah. then the fact that you know um we're reclaiming it back to a wetland habitat um so i like that reclaimed land mm -hmm. uh thing again um and yeah, then tara and brad have done so much out there like because even since i've started there's been like tree plantings and vernal pool work and what's the other thing that they're they removing all those tiles like slowly as they come across yeah, them. yeah. So, and it's got the EPA involved too. So there's like a lot of things that they have to do on the natural resources side and the management side to follow those rules and to, to bring mm -hmm. it back. Hence why it is so wet out there. Um, yeah. It's meant to be a wetland. Um, it's not meant to be a dry <laughs> hiking trail. Um, right. You know, there, there are areas where we can put hiking trails in because we want people to enjoy that, 
land. Um, yeah, huge shout out to our operations department because they have worked. There, there were trails when I first started that were like, you just couldn't go on them. They yeah. were, you couldn't at all. They were inaccessible completely. And they have worked really hard the past couple of years with new technology on trail maintenance and building. And now you can walk on them yeah. even in the spring when there used to be like a foot of water and you couldn't. Now you can. Yeah. It's amazing. And yeah. the Horseman Co- Horseman's Council has been a, a big help with that too. They've yes. secured yes. some funding to update some trails and things like that because they're out there so much using it and uh, utilizing a lot of those trails. They they really care. We've added, this year they added another, uh, um, didn't they add that other parking lot with the bathroom? Yes. Yeah, amazing. there's a new parking yeah. lot. There's a bathroom that's still in place thanks to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> getting things approved and all of that sort of stuff. So the bathroom's not quite done yet, but it's basically another horse trailer parking lot. Um, it's fantastic. I took those trails out there for the first time this year. I actually filmed the park pals out there just cause I was like, well, I haven't been out this way. And it, totally different trails than the rest of the, the park, which was really cool too. Yeah. yeah. Cause when I started here, Mark was just starting to tackle those big trail projects. And like, I remember like going out there and seeing him just like covered in sweat uh-huh. and like just stone everywhere. And like, this yeah. was wild. So, so yeah, they've done a done great work out there. Um, and it's got a little bit of elevation, I think too, um, which I enjoy. It's one of the reasons that I like the quarry because there's some elevation out yeah. there. So. Yeah. All right. So we have our three and well our three and my three um so, so we have talked about half of our parks half of our parks <laughs> right. well i was shocked that i was really was thrown off by cheryl's i did not think she was gonna yeah. th- i thought huffman because huffman's a, a nice little park i do like huffman because Oldman creek runs through it so you get that real nice peaceful like zen feeling yeah. when you walk yeah. into the park and then we have a unique tree at Hoffman called the Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Papa tree. And uh this is the only tree that's found in our park system. So we get really you know and we recently had like pawpaw fruits growing. Yeah. Which, which means yeah. there's a diversity in there. Yep. And then Tara, didn't she plant some She did. Yeah. Yeah. Our natural resource um manager she planted a few new ones which will help um kind of diversify and hopefully they'll bear more fruit in the coming years so that'll be good and it's i mean you can walk (laughs) that loop in like probably like 40 minutes yeah half hour so if you don't have that much time you can just do a quick loop yeah the only thing that gets well actually the actually that's a lie because those steps um they're they have that grip tape on them so you don't have to worry about slipping unless it's real icy or snowy (laughs) right another big shout out to our ops department for that and for the friends of erie metro parks for those because cheryl do you remember when the so you would go down the stairs and then go up the other side and there was no stairs and it's steeper and it would just be like a mud slide we'd have to do like a running start yeah hike up and like all fours where was (laughs) i for all this Mike, you have it so good. You have no idea. I really do. I would always feel bad when I'd schedule a program out there and I'd go, okay, I'm going to go check the, the mudslide. And you'd be like, we can't get up this. So you'd go the other the way. The other way. Yeah. So you can go down the mudslide. Right. <laughs> 
Well, that, see, look, I'm getting a little history lesson. I didn't know. I always thought, I thought they were there before, and then mm-hmm. you guys just rebuilt them. Those are new, fairly new. Nice. Those were new in 2016, which is when we officially bought the park. Um, and for those of you that don't know, we don't, Erie Metro Parks does not use like our general fund to buy any land. We always use grant money or state money or something like that. And this one was funded through Clean Ohio, um, which this summer I was lucky enough to meet with state Senator Teresa Gavarone, I think it's her name. Sorry if I butchered that. And uh, they were talking about more money for Clean Ohio for this next upcoming budget. And nice. that did get put into the budget. So just so you guys know, some a lot of parkland is not just us all over Ohio. It's bought with like Clean Ohio money and things like that. So that's always important for us to to have in our legislature. Yes. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys, that was awesome. And you guys shared your favorite parts of the parks. Um, obviously, we could sit here and talk about some of our other parks all day. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like we all left out Osborne because we're always here. Because this think, is where yes, our office is. Yeah. And I didn't want to butcher. Like, I'm just like, we talk about Osborne all the time. It's like, still an awesome okay. park. We'll yeah. do a part two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll have to do. The, uh, the we'll just call it the other parks. Yes. <laughs> the other parks. So, yeah. that I mean, it was pretty uh, interesting to see what you guys felt. And still, I'm still shocked by Cheryl's. <laughs> Cause like oh. she like her like she goes to Huffman. That's her go-to. I do like Huffman. Like for a lot. most things, but yeah. <laughs> her other well, her number one is is Edison Woods. I so I piggybacked off of her today. So secret. So now it is time for news article. <laughs> whoop whoop! All right, so this one's pretty interesting, and I thought it would be fun. We're gonna do ten science record breakings in 2020. Ooh. So we're gonna skip one because one of them is like not appropriate for so technically it's going to be nine <laughs> so <laughs> all right i told you i get most of my uh science news uh for funny stuff from live science they have like a whole category of funny news so i usually try to pick from there <laughs> so if you want to go look at that number nine feel free um <laughs> so this one obviously we're going to start we're going to go from from nine on so number nine was the longest flight of a bird from start to finish so the previous record was this is this is astonishing to begin with was the same species it was a female bar-tailed goodwit which are a um they they breed in alaska and they fly down um to the other side of japan and australia and sometimes yeah Yeah. south america too so they're a pretty large bird um, they're a little bit bigger than like a like a marbled goodwit, which we would get through migration here. But the original longest distance was seven thousand one hundred and forty five miles, and it took her nine days Whoa. to fly that. Wow. So from start to finish, she never stopped, never landed. And a lot of these birds can sleep through flight sometimes. Uh, this male. Um, okay, I need that superpower. <laughs> this male bar-tailed goodwit broke the record. Um, over 11 days of 7,581 miles. Whoa. So I love that we started with a bird. That's stinking impressive. Um, other birds um, fly longer distances over multiple days and stop um, upwards of 10 plus thousand miles, but 7,581 broke that record. Whoa. Nonstop. That's amazing. S- sleeping in the air. Um, number two, the longest 
animal um, record was broken. And this one kind of shocked me a little bit. So they've been exploring the deep sea canyons off the Australia coast over the last few years, and they've found a whole bunch of new species. Um, this creature, I, I'm going to butcher this, and I tried to like look up the pronunciation, but it's so new. It's called a siphonophore. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know anything about Australia aquatics, Australian aquatics, um, but it's 150 <laughs> feet long. There's a lot of weird ones. How long was it? 150 feet long. Wow. Um, it's it's a it's a zooid. So um, they they have like no sight, no anything. Um, they're it's basically like a long string tube like thing, um, and they they can get eaten, but they can like burrow in the sand and down into rocks and stuff like that. So. Pretty impressive, 150 feet. Um, okay, so they're a colony. Oh. Colony of nectophores, which are colonial individuals that form by budding and are genetically identical. Huh. So is it so one? I Technically, yes. Because it's genetically identical. Because it's all, and it's all connected. Hmm. Interesting. It is. That's so weird. Sorry, I had to look up what it was. Oh, I knew I you would. No idea. I, I saw you look down, and I instantly knew what you were doing. <laughs> She's looking it up. Getting, <laughs> so. getting some more facts. All right. It's bioluminescent. That's oh, I mean. yep. See, there you go. I feel like everything in Australia is bioluminescent. Well, anything in the deep sea too is, <laughs> right. is bioluminescent. Yeah. Longest exposure photo. Take a guess on how long you think it was. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know nothing about cameras Me either. Eight years. What? Uh, yep. I was gonna say. How like did they minutes. change the battery? I don't know. I guess somebody did the. Basically, what they were doing is they were trying to capture a photo of the sun's journey across the sky from 2012 until today. Whoa. Well, not today, but whenever they ended in 2020. It. The photos totaled um, 2,953 acres of light as the sun rose and fell over eight years. Wow. So that is stinking impressive. And it doesn't like, basically it just looks like a bunch of lines where the sun had kind of risen and fallen. It's not a yeah. super impressive picture, but they crushed a record. So. <laughs> wow. All that work for not super <laughs> for impressive. Eight years. <laughs> for a picture that ain't that great. <laughs> In my opinion, it's not that great. You might look at the Can picture. Can you and imagine? No, I'm sure that the person probably feels the same way. Like they're very <laughs> proud of it, but like, it's like a science experiment where you're like, this is going to be so cool. And then you get the same results that everyone else gets. And you're like, okay. <laughs> much better in my head. So, yep. <laughs> so uh, archaeologists discovered the an ancient turtle, the biggest turtle that ever lived, uh, over 8 million years ago. And it was 2,500 pounds. Ooh, with uh, weighing over a hundred times more than its closest living relative, which is an Amazon river turtle. Wow. So oh, 15 big. foot shell. And, um, they would eat like pretty much anything that they came across. To. Everything, everything, anything they could fit in their mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, oldest identical twins were discovered. Um, this was weird. So they were in Austria, uh, excavating, and they had found a big, a massive grave burial site. 
and they were able to uh, extract some DNA and find out that the two infants were identical twins. Um, oh, wow. So that was pretty That's wild. Cool. Not as impressive as some of these. Uh, oldest material on Earth, which I had a little bit of a problem with this one. So <laughs> it was stardust found in a massive meteorite uh, that had hit Earth over a century ago that dates back over 7 billion years. So it's not from Earth. So, I mean, it's on Earth, technically, the way they worded yeah, it. Yeah, right. but it's not. But yeah. it's not from Earth. So I won't throw in that one out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, I paper cut at the back of my neck. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> the rage got you. <laughs> that one's gone. <laughs> All right, fastest speed of sound. This blew my mind. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into as much detail as I can that I understand. I was gonna say I don't even remember <laughs> what the speed of sound is. All right, so um, 22 miles per second. That's impressively okay. fast. So yes. I yeah. didn't know. So light is the only thing that is consistent in terms of, like, the way it travels. Yes. Um, sound, for example, it can travel at varying speeds based on the solid or liquid or whatever that it's up against. And they found um, that sound travels at different speeds um, based on temperature of the water, um, whether they're slightly frozen or whatever. So they basically found a compound that well they didn't find a compound they used a compound hydrogen um that is not a full it's not fully solid um it's like in between so what they were able to do is kind of send that sound through there and they were able to find out that it travels at 79,200 miles per hour whoa so it's over that's a big um, difference yeah <laughs> if there's hydrogen right here which there is in the air Faster, 79,200 miles per hour. <laughs> Boom, gone. Wow. So that's impressive. Uh, I think I have one more. Maybe two. Um, longest lightning bolt. This was impressive. So it was over 440 miles long, and it stretched from the Atlantic coast at the edge of Argentina. I mean, all the way to the edge of Argentina. Um Crushed. How do they know? I know. Dude, do you just think there's that's when I look at some of these, I'm like, there's a scientist just sitting out there waiting. All right, I'm yeah. gonna get this lightning bolt. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Kabam! And Got then, it. like, how do they know? First off, and you have to be able to take a measurement. That has to be an estimate. That can't be exact. Oh, in my opinion, sure. there has to be some kind of scale. It's and, probably exact. Have you met some scientists? But yes, but they there don't has like to, estimates. Here's the thing is that there has to be someone at the Atlantic coast and or a camera in Argentina too that are linked up and be like, okay, we can see it from here to here. Like yeah. I need to look up and we'll come back to this one and see how they figured it out. Mm -hmm. It lasted for 17 seconds. That's a long time. Which I mean that like a lightning bolt lasts lightning, for what? Like two seconds? That, that leaves two to three seconds at yeah. the most? Crazy. Hmm. Yeah, and the last one, and I thought this was the coolest one, the oldest guts ever found. They had a lot of time to dig this year. That's what they did. <laughs> um, scientists found fossilized guts in Nevada that dated back between 550 million to 539 million years ago. Whoa. 
cool. making them the oldest guts by 30 million years. Congratulations. Um, How would you like that award in your house? Uh, <laughs> I found the yes. oldest guts. The only one that's better than that is the oldest fossilized poop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that would be impressive too. But that was pretty cool. Oldest guts. And it was it belonged to a little tube-like creature called a cloud nomorphous. Hmm. So cool. They could it could help understand. Uh, scientists understand um, what that creature actually was and can kind of help them hit up some missing links uh, for tube worms oh, you know, cool. in their phylogenetic tree. So pretty impressive. Tube, tube yeah. worms and archaeologists all over the world. Yep. Right? <laughs> all right, everybody. So that was our episode, and we hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.